Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and here to reopen Andy's grab bag of tickets with me are Andy Gramuga, owner of the bag. Number one grab bag stay in Cullen Ashley. Always chasing the bag, Emilio Diaz. <laughs> and we also are joined by a guest for the second week in a row. We've not asked our guest yes. how he would oh. like to be introduced, but we are joined by Jack Reed. Yeah, that's me. Hi. Yeah. I love bags. Thank you. Thank Legends you. Only Street continues. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, Sims is already weeping in the streets when he hears about this. Yeah, he for sure looks He's like angrily that. DMing us right now, being <laughs> like, why aren't I on this episode? Yeah, he should be. Big fan of the grab bag. Davidson. Yep. Canonically. <laughs> All right. Uh, in some episodes, we would start with some news and then move on to talking about some movies. That would be maybe a normal grab bag format. Uh, what we've done this time is Andy has a literal bag in which he has placed every item that we will be talking about, and we're just going to talk about them as they are pulled out of the bag. Boy, have I. So... Without any further ado, I also think I do have some prescriptions in this bag that I have not yet taken out of the bag. But we I do discussing my prescriptions. I do want to talk about those though, so if you could just keep them in there. Yeah, this is actually an intervention, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All, All right. right. Well, our very first topic—it's very appropriate. Moo moo! It's the first cow. Oh wow! Oh. Kelly it- Records' first cow. Now we're in the movie. I haven't already our best episode. (laughs) (laughs) Would anyone want to introduce first cow? Oh yeah, Kelly's Andy's grab bag. Alright, fine. Kelly Records first cow. It is now available digitally. It premiered at uh at was it Telluride when it premiered last year? New York. Yes, it premiered at Telluride. And then it played Uh, New York Film Festival. uh, A twenty four uh Venice was begging them for first cow, and they said, no, Venice is too expensive. We will take every conceivable movie that we have to Telluride as a cost-cutting measure. Yes. Fucking goons. (laughs) Hey, Uh, And as a result, it also did not play Toronto, because I guess it was not too expensive for it to then have its international premiere in February at the Berlin Film Festival. Right. Where, did it win anything? I don't think it did. Uh, I don't think it did. <laughs> yes, uh, but it is now available on digital. It, it had a very beginnings of a theatrical rollout, and then uh, there was a <laughs> pandemic. Don't know if you've heard. Uh, and so they canceled most of the rest of that. And then they were like, we're going yes. to put it out in theaters again in the fall. And then it things did not improve. And so they decided to release it. My understanding is that, is that Jesse watched it as a gif at the yeah. Kennedy Center. <laughs> yes. Here's what, here's my experience with this movie, which I've seen one time 
uh, five months ago, which is that <laughs> there is a free screening at the Kennedy Center. Uh, not at the Kennedy Center proper, but at the new Kennedy Center Reach expansion. This is a venue where I have seen films before. Uh, Jody Mack presented a number of her short films there uh, as part of the opening festival last fall. Uh, they looked great, which you would think would be an obvious thing to say, except for the fact that uh, First Cow was projected in 360p. <laughs> uh, it's like it literally horrible. know that for a factor it was just bad looking. I will say it looked worse than a DVD, which is why I'm sure. saying 360p. It might just be that that is how uh, that 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 is how bad a DVD looks when projected onto a big screen. I'm gonna say maximum it is standard. It was standard definition. Right, Kelly Reichardt's first cow presented in ASCII. <laughs> It's a bad look uh, for uh, the Kennedy course, Center. At the end of this screening, as the credits roll, the door opens and Kelly Reichert walks in for the first time. And I see her and... leaning over to someone, clearly asking, is this what the whole movie looked like? <laughs> <laughs> so then she has to start off by apologizing oh, and saying, clearly I needed to be here before the movie to make sure that they knew what they were doing, uh, because they did not. I mean, they, they did clearly make some attempt to fix it, because it started like 15 minutes late. But yeah, that was not long enough to fix it. That's, uh, uh... And I have not digitally rented the film because i uh, i guess it's down to like a six dollar rental now. yeah so it was a 15 dollar purchase like two or three right. weeks ago now it's a straight up rental which is so now it's good. a rental so i yeah. guess i could have done that and didn't get to it my reasoning was i'm not going to pay 15 dollars for a movie that i have already seen and would like to own on blu-ray anyway that's uh, fair yeah uh you know seeing it that quality is a bummer because it looks great it's a gorgeous movie. Yeah, it I looks can tell. beautiful. Yeah, I was just like, imagine how good this looks. It looks great. Yeah. I um, don't have to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can turn it. I can turn it on right now and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess to maybe a little more about what the movie actually is. Uh, there's a little bit of a framing story, but then the bulk of the movie is uh, set uh, in. It's like you know the expansion west. Um, and, uh, you, there's Cookie, uh, the main character, uh, who, um, is with a, a group of, like, explorers who are heading, searching for gold, basically. Uh, and he is their cook, and he's, uh, he, he's a bit of an outsider. They, they, they sort of are not nice to him, but, uh, he, he, you know, gathers mushrooms and stuff for them. You can uh, say he's a big nerd. <laughs> sure. Um, I would think of worse things to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he's a simp. <laughs> he's please, an don't don't talk shit about Cookie. He's <laughs> I, I love yes. Cookie rules. Yeah, Cookie's Cookie. the man. <laughs> Played by a hero for our times, John Majaro. Yes, he's so yeah. good. Um, and he eventually uh, meets uh, and befriends. Uh, what is the character's name? King Lu. King Lu. King yeah. Lu, um, uh, who is a uh, Chinese uh, um, uh, immigrant, I believe, uh, and mm-hmm. he who is uh, also in the woods, and they sort of meet up and they team up and they, they make it to a settlement eventually, uh, like a trading post or whatever, and they start 
uh, and they, they find they get word that the the commander or like the big the big head honcho around has a cow, and so they um, they use that opportunity and they go and start stealing the milk of the cow and they use it to make oily cakes, uh, which are like little fried fried dough balls, like they're donuts basically, um, and they start selling them and they become a huge hit, and the plot there unfollows of like how long can they sustain this stealing the milk of this cow. Um, and, and that, that's the basic setup of the movie. It's uh, great. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. It's so, it's so calming and chill. Like it's, there's all these like nature noises, like all the Foley work of people like walking in nature. Like I find so incredibly calming. Um, and then also at the same time, it's like this incredible story of, uh, you know, of trying to make your way in the world and like what, 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 what how what it takes to succeed in like our capitalist system and all that stuff like it's yeah it's it's it's, i think it's a really terrific movie yeah i should say it is also it is based off of a novel written by frequent Riker uh collaborator jonathan raymond he wrote the short stories that old joy and Wendy and Lucy are based on. He also uh, worked on the screenplays for uh, Meek's Cutoff and Night Moves, and I didn't know, but he also wrote the uh, Todd Haynes, Mildred Pierce, uh, which makes sense because Todd Haynes and Kelly Reichard are friends. Uh, the the novel that this is based on, The Half Life, I believe, is in two. There's a couple major differences. Uh, one is that it is. Uh, it is in two parts, yeah. and one of the parts is in is set in China, uh, which I think the King Lu character is maybe kind of transposed from that part. And then the other thing is that I do not believe there is a cow in the Half Life. Oh. I, I have read so the, the book, cow... and there is not a cow. Okay, yeah, yeah, the cow was created for the film. Do they still make oily cakes in it? They or is it just? I haven't read it in a while. I read it yeah. in college for a uh, for a Southern writers course, which is funny because I don't think John Raymond is He's actually f- yeah. So fuck that guy for being a fake. Um, but <laughs> locally, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's a. I mean, it's a good book. It's been a good like. It's been over ten years since I read it, but I I, yeah. I know they do some hustling. Like the the Toby Jones character exists, but right. it's not it's not the same heist for lack of a better word it's it's a very different kind of um i mean there is a cow mentioned but i they're definitely not stealing the butter or anything yeah i will not also the first say cow. i'm on jonathan raymond's wikipedia page and it may be doxing him in this picture above his head is a phone number it's not doxing if it's on wikipedia that means yeah, I it's, it's I'm in the not saying domain. I'm doxing him. I'm saying Wikipedia is doxing him. Well, I mean, it's probably, but I can't. Who knows when the last time his Wikipedia was edited? He's had time to find this out. Wait till we Wait get to the doxing piece of paper that's in the grab bag. <laughs> that's true. Um, Jesse, why you look uh, at that? Okay. Um, this is a a reading from one of his books. It was. <laughs> Original picture taken by Slowking Four. Let's call the number. <laughs> See what's up. <laughs> Absolutely That'll not. That'll be the uh, the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, me calling the number and trying to get permission to uh, play whatever happens. You should. Um. Put it in the grab bag. 
No. <laughs> I will not. I'm not putting any more items in this grab bag. Another thing that's kind of different about the and again, this is like hazy recollection, is that like King Lou and Cookie, like they meet, but I don't think it's like about their friendship. It's not a story of a true friendship in any sense. Um and I, I only watch movies if they're based on a true friendship. Yeah, this this is a false friendship, Emilio. I'm really sorry. Um but I love I love Jean Majero is it Majero or Magaro? Majero? I'm not Italian, I, so I don't know. I, I mean, I combine both of those. I said Majaro. I do okay. Not know. Uh, well, he fucking rules, and Orion yes. Lee also, who I know yes. from like doing Shakespeare and shit. Like they're both so good, and I you can see a world where like she maybe tried to get like Paul Dano for Cookie or something, but or or, or where she might have. But right. I really love that it's two guys that are fairly anonymous as far as yeah. like film careers go. Right, and there's like a like. It's weird because the first character you see is uh, Alia Shawkat, yeah. who is like a recognizable face and like has been the star of TV series and stuff. Yeah. And then like, and then there's a couple other like Toby Jones is in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Will other Glass than that, pops up. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even Gary she is Farmer like Gary Farmer. Gary Farmer is yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, it is a lot of just like unknown people. So you really do just get to sort of be immersed Which in this world. Which is funny because only in that kind of cast would Toby Jones get to play. I mean, he's not really the antagonist, but only in that cast would Toby Jones play like the power figure. You know, right. it's like it's it's good casting. Yeah, my memory of this cast is that as it as it was announced, it was just like. Kelly Reichert's making a movie with uh, John Majaro, and then when it was announced for Telly Wright, it was like, oh, and also Toby Jones and yeah. Ewan Bremner. And the I mean, I think when it was Lee first Lester announced, it. it was straight up like... Uh, but yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Amelia? Uh, I think when it was like first announced, I remember it being straight up like... She doesn't want to cast famous people. She is actually actively op- holding auditions to try and yeah. find people to be the lead of it, which is like mm-hmm. John McGraw is not an unknown. He's a, he's no, a not at all. He's Especially if you saw Not Fade Away, which is perfect. A very good movie. Yeah. Interesting. It's oh oh. Do you not like Not Fade Away? Uh no. It's just always been like a movie that I want to watch as like a very big Sopranos fan. It is a. I, I think it's tremendous, and you should watch it, and we should talk about it because I I, mean, I, look, I love it. I own it, but have not seen it. Put, put Not Fade Away it. in the grab bag. Yeah. <laughs> the grab bag is closed. The grab bag is exit only at this point. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. So I don't know exactly what everyone else thinks about First Cow, but I will just say that, uh, not that it was overhyped for me, I'm a big Kelly Reichardt fan, I like all of her movies basically, and I was prepared to think that this was like the best, and I thought it was just like quite good. Yeah. No, it's the best. I I, I need to watch it again. I think I think that Wendy and Lucy or certain women I kind of flip-flop are, are still my number one. Um, See, that's like another thing because I watched them all last year or not all of them. I watched like the remainder of the ones that I hadn't seen last year and was like saving Wendy and Lucy because I was like, I know this is going to be my favorite. And mm. similarly thought it was like quite good. Like I think I have Meeks as number one. And, Meeks is uh, good. And then like certain women. Then I think Night moves after that. But um, 
I, I think, or maybe First Cow is in between Night Moves and Certain Women now. Because I really do like First Cow a lot. I think, like, yeah. like you guys are saying, that Majaro and uh, Lee are so, like, good together. And, uh, like, as and he was saying how calming the movie is, their presence, they're just, like, so, like, pleasant and nice to see together. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where, uh, like, Lee is making... He's, like, going out, like, catching something or breaking something. And, like, just in the, like, foreground... Or he's, like, in the background... And sort of near camera, John Major was just like cleaning up everything in like the house yeah. that leaves. And it's just like, this is so nice. They're just good friends. And it's like, it's my first time seeing it. I almost like fell asleep and not in a bad way. I was, I was hiding out in Florida for like a week, um, not to like be near people, but just to be like in a different house for a little bit. And that was the, that was the big release week of like Palm Springs and Old Guard and, and, and First Cow. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, Greyhound, which I have still haven't seen, but I will. Um, and like I, we, we were watching First Cow, and I just like kind of drifted off for like all of five minutes because it was just it was just friends being friends and, and yeah. in the frontier, and it's just so fucking nice. Yeah, I mean, if I'll say anything about the movie, it, it has the elements of what I appreciate about a lot of her movies, which is that like from top level down, it's a very like tense idea of a plot of them these people trying to get away with this grift and that's like how a lot of her movies are that's like what night moves is the night moves might be her most outwardly tense movie that's what makes is it's just like a bunch of concepts that are you'd think they'd make for these very tense exciting like very hardcore dramas but instead she makes them about people having to live through those situations yeah. certain women especially the Lauren Dern part is a very good example of that of just like yeah. taking an insane situation and just making it about, uh, about the people who have to deal with these hardships and these right. like sorts of ways that the world conspires against them and the way that the world works against them and yeah. I really appreciate the story of like friendship but also like trying to make it in a world that is lawless but also the few people who like can determine laws work against you John Magaro it gives a great performance. Both of them give great performance. Yeah, I think the way that the movie begins with like the sort of framing story makes it very. It's like it's a, the sort of movie that hits you like two days afterwards. Like Kelly Reichardt is a yeah. director of Way Homers, which in which like I've never like been at the end of a Kelly Reichardt movie and been like, wow, that was great. I've always been like, huh, and then it's just like sits with you and you yeah. just like, realize like what she's doing and the sort of like small moments of humanity to stick with you and i think first cow is like another great example of her like touch on that sort of work i don't think it's my favorite of her work i still am probably partial to meeks and night moves but i think it's great and it exists very well within her oeuvre yeah yeah the uh framing device specifically i like in watching it uh you know it's sort of just happening and then like maybe other people like realize it instantly what it was but like once you sort of see, like, they start being friends, I was like, oh, they they are, like, the bodies that are together. And I was like, that's just heartbreaking that we're going to see, like, that they die together. But it's, like, in that specific, like, Reichardt way, it's, like, also just, like, beautiful and moving. Uh, well, it's it's also, like, about, um, I mean, I, I mean, in addition to what you guys were saying, it's, it is really, like, at its core, I think about, like, the the only things you have left when, like, you know um status and 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 money are taken away from you and it's 
I think like see, so spoilers are cool. I'm guessing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, seeing like seeing the skeletons and connecting it to the two of them is just like almost unbearably beautiful. Like you were saying, Colin, it's like it's it's just this stunning. Um, like it's it's horrifically sad too. Um, in in a weird way because you actually don't see what I think is probably the inciting. Uh, violence for that act. Um, the idea of the kid shooting, or maybe he didn't, maybe he doesn't shoot them. Maybe they just die. Um, but that's almost not the point. It's like the choice yeah. to be there in that position, like together is just like, just, you know, it's, it's stuck with me for weeks now. Yeah. It's sort of, I mean, it's sort of like, this is a weird way to put it, but it's almost like anti Spielbergian of her, of to like the way it ends, it doesn't end with them dying. It doesn't end with a cut back to the frame story. It's just like, you get what the story is. These people die together. And like when, like all these years later, like a hundred years later, that's what's the, the, the story of their lives is that they spent this time together and were close enough to be bro- brother brothers, even though they're from different backgrounds. And that's yeah. and it, that's like sort of what gets you about it. Obviously, she does a similar thing with Meeks, which is maybe sort of the most similar movie of her. Yeah, to I was thinking. I think I might be just associating them because they're both like her only period movies. And but also, think, they're uh, they are like both in the same aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Well, since I, I again I saw this movie several months ago and I'm a little too. Uh, uh, contribute. Uh, I am still on the Wikipedia page. Did anyone catch uh, in a cameo as Fiddler Stephen Malkmus? Yeah, oh. I I was told about it beforehand. So like I I may not have if I hadn't, but like or I I saw it on Twitter, um, which is you know a horrible place to learn things. But um, but I was like looking out for a Fiddler, and I was just like hell yeah, Stephen Malkmus. That's cool. And and. I, I kind of wish I hadn't known that. I would have liked to have known that after the fact, but um, still very cool. She is so she is she has cool people in her movies. Yeah, I mean, she seems like a cool person to work with that has cool friends. Yeah. It's like waiting for the Action Bronson cameo at the end of Irishman, <laughs> or waiting for the Action Bronson cameo at the end of King of Staten Island. Yeah, I mean, I was go- I was gonna say not to be too mean, but if you put fifty white guys with beards in front of me, I cannot identify who Stephen Malcolm is. <laughs> that's fair. That's completely fair. <laughs> but uh, that I mean, that's cool. That's great. Lots of good people in the movie. I like Ewan Bremner in it. He's always good. oh yeah, that's another. Guy. He's always so good too. Um, um, and uh, Rene Aubergine, fuck my French. Uh, Rene Aubergine, his uh, last appearance, I think. I think made it a good one. Yeah, yeah, gun down in his prime. The yeah. one other thing, I get the sense we're moving on. I don't know if you had anything specific you wanted to say about it, Andy. No, I, I'm thinking that we need to, we have a lot of topics in the bag, and so we probably just, need to move on shortly. <laughs> wanted to quickly shout out uh, something that like I was not expecting in the movie, but happens a few times is like weird, um, almost like slapstick humor. <laughs> Like when he's in the tree, sort of like hiding out, and you just like see it cracking. It's just like whoa, 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 oh, yeah. and then like falls down. <laughs> it's like uh, a vaudevillian almost. And there's a few gags like that that I really appreciate. Yeah. So I know and that we have yeah, a. Oh, go ahead. And just and some really yeah, just some good, really good visual stuff. Like there's so there's like a lot of sequences of him like hiding in the woods and stuff that are all like shot really cool ways. It's yeah. 
just a very quick thing. Um, I know that we're we're moving on, and I'm a I'm a chatterbox, and I've had a lot of coffee today. But Orion Lee, like my experience with him before this was seeing him in Shakespeare in the Park a couple of times, and he has like a clown background, like a like he's he's a classically trained like stone face Buster Keaton style clown, and nice. like so uh, you see that a lot in this movie, especially in the the tree part which you're talking about. He is just so fucking good, and it's real. It's always cool for me to see. Someone's like stage background come like Bill Irwin gets to do this a lot, of course, but he's right. one of the only few. Um, and it's always cool to see that come into play uh, in a film. So, I mean, do we know that Orion Lee is in the best Star Wars movie? Jesse, what? what, what the Last Jedi? Jedi? Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. That, I forgot which one he was. In. He plays- it is. It's a weirdly like aggressive way to phrase that. <laughs> I thought Jesse was going to reveal himself as like a like a a, a solo stand or something. <laughs> no, I the opposite. I detest that movie. It's right. horrible. Go to the grass. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I do want to say I believe that the purpose of there being a physical bag is so that there'll be an audible rustle. Right. I want to make sure we get that. Audible rustle. What is it? Brand X. <laughs> Andy, where's the Shut bag up. from? Uh, CVS. Speaking oh, cool. of cool. Classically trained clowns. We have. <laughs> Listen, I am perfectly capable of taking my grab bag and going home if you're going to treat me this way. Are you not uh, at your home? American Utopia. American A Utopia. It's A opening the yeah. Toronto Film Festival. Uh, and then later in the fall, we'll be playing. Uh, HBO Max in the United States and Crave in Canada. Uh, it's the David Byrne uh, stage show that he toured around with right. and then did that Spike a Lee has intimate filmed. engagement of on Broadway. Yes. And uh, yes, Spike Lee has. Directed. Is it not on HBO the same day? I thought that it. Ha- I thought that it was. That was. has been reported by some people. Okay. That is not what I gather from reading yeah. the. Yeah, I'm gonna. Li- I'm gonna listen to you. I think it is a misinterpretation. Yeah, what the report said was that it's going to be on Crave in Canada the okay. same day it's on HBO in America. Okay. So it's just a day and date for those two things, not cool. with the actual premiere. I don't gotcha. Think. Okay. That, that, yeah, that's cool. where the, that comes from. I'm excited. Love David Byrne, love Spike Lee. Can't wait. I yeah, was supposed to see that show. It it's great. Um, I wonder... And then Broadway got canceled. Right, yeah. Was there any talk about like if they put any thought into like reworking it to work more as a movie thing. I know I know Spike Lee like people were s- spotting Spike Lee in the audience a bunch mm-hmm. in the run up to it. Um I don't I think they filmed it live with the an audience. I do not know whether they did the thing where they will like do close-ups and stuff. In, I think like, so. I I've heard the way he works when he fil- like so when he did uh when he filmed Passing Str- or right. Maybe Passing Strange but Passover. Um, which is his best movie of the last decade um, until recently, um, was that he he went to go see the show once, went to go see it again with a notebook and his his DP, and then filmed, and that's yeah. that's what he does. It's very simple. Yeah, uh, yeah. I will I will just shout out uh, Passing Strange is was is, I've I've seen Passover as well, but Passing Strange is something I've seen like a bunch of times. It's really good. I, it, 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 the movie would came out around the time when I was first going to college at NYU, so I saw it at the IFC Center there like my freshman year. 
which was really cool. Uh, and yeah, it's just an incredible capturing of that show. It's that great. show is very special. Yeah. Um, and he filmed it like on its closing weekend, and you really get the energy of it. Spike's live work is really like incredible. Like I, I, I genuinely think he's one of the best at what he does. Like I actually felt watching Hamilton some. I was like, I kind of wish Spike was filming. I mean, you know, Hamilton was was great to see, but I really, right. you know, I wish he filmed all things live. Sure. Yeah, like my birth. <laughs> Cut that out. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. We will, we will not. Yeah, okay. No. That's that's yeah. That's uh. That's the. Gonna, gonna... We used our edit for the month last week. <laughs> right, yes. uh, we may have used two edits for the month last Great. week. Great. All right. I'm pulling out another item because well, I don't I can't... Think we have anything else to say about that. No. Right. Hope no, it's right. good. Right. Okay. Right. Venice jury. Venice jury. Great. So we're getting yeah, the, the Venice the lineup Ven- is so long. The Venice lineup is pretty long. The Venice jury was announced on Sunday, I think, before the announcement of the lineup. Uh, I think we've talked about already that Kate Blanchett is the president of the jury, so we'll just go into uh, remaining members. Uh, Joanna Hogg, director of The Souvenir. I had heard, and this did some speculation, and this did not prove to be true, that because both Joanna Hogg is there as part of the jury, and I believe Tilda Swinton is receiving some award, that perhaps The Souvenir Part 2 would play out of competition. That did not prove to be the case. Uh, That uh, apparently... At one point, uh, Joanna Hogg had said that she didn't expect it to be ready until 2021, but I've heard that it actually uh, was set to play director's Fortnite uh, this year, and so mm-hmm. could easily be held for next year, could pop up at TIFF or New York, I guess we'll see. Uh, Christian Petzold, director of uh, Undine, was at Berlin and won, I think he won direct. No, Hong Sang Su wonder. Paula Beer won uh, the award. Paula Beer won. Okay. Uh, uh, also, uh, Transit and Phoenix. Uh, Christy Puyu, my guy, director of uh, Sierra Nevada, The Death of Mr. Lazarescu. Uh, Sierra Nevada, I, I talked about um, when we were talking about uh, 2016 Cannes. That movie fucking rules. Malmkrog also was at Berlin. Yes, Malmkrog was at Berlin. It opened the new Encounters section. Uh, Veronica Franz is the co-director of uh, Goodnight Mommy from several years ago, which that might have premiered somewhere in the Venice lineup, and then The Lodge, which premiered in 2019 at Sundance and then was it on Hulu this year? I think so. I think Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's available to watch somewhere. Uh I think she this is another movie that took a potential uh candidate out of the running for competition. I think she has some connection to Ulrich Seidel which uh made it where his could not play so that's another thing that is probably waiting for can i believe it was in my uh can predictions from uh seven years ago (laughs) (laughs) and then the two perhaps uh lesser known uh members of the jury uh jack has something to say about uh ludivine sangye I do. Um, she was 
Peter Pan in PJ Hogan's 2003 Peter Pan. Um, and she fucking ruled. And uh, I have to, I can only assume that that film is why she was chosen this year. Uh, a 17 years too late recognition of how good PJ Hogan's Peter Pan is. Um, and the fact that we don't ever need another one, but uh, good for her. Good for them for, for doing right. Okay, and quick update. <laughs> the connection between Ulrich Seidel and uh, Veronica Franz is that they are married. That's cool. Good for them. Good for being married. And then, uh... Salute. I assume this is a Italian name that I don't know how to pronounce because of the sequence of vowels that ends the surname. Uh, John Rambo. Lagoya. La- Lagoya, I think, yeah. Lagoya. It feels like there should be more of a yeah 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 like a what real I don't know. It feels like <laughs> there should be like a lot of syllables in that last name. But yeah. I guess it's just what is Lagoya. Jesse in the grab bag after this. <laughs> the I grab bag is not a punishment. Is, is the grab bag a prison too or no? <laughs> Uh, my grab bag has not violated any international laws that's good (laughs) my neck my back my grab bag and my crack Um, (laughs) we don't need to keep that maybe uh like a a a writer oh yeah yeah yeah. no i was looking at these this morning he is, is a writer of some fashion i can't tell what sort of writer uh he debuted as a novelist in 2001 okay I mean, um you know what his... he, in 2013 and 2014 it looks like he worked on the selection committee for venice his wikipedia page is very short yes there was always those guys even at like can jury yeah which is just like this is like some french thinker his Wikipedia page is two sentences. Right. Who is the guy the, we pulled who is off not the street. Famous in America at all? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of his name being blue, it's like red. You can't click on it. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and then the other uh, uh, quick piece of jury information: the uh, Orizanti jury, which is uh, their base, uh, very similar to a certain regard uh, that can. Uh, that jury is headed by. Claire Denis, and uh, also includes Christine, I should know how to pronounce her last name, either Vashin or Vakin. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, uh, yes. open invitation still to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, yes, she would be great, and we can talk to her about, it's, it's, she's the president of the ministry. Yeah, so we can talk about that. Then we can now we can also talk to her about Joker. You right? could also talk to her about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Hey, sure. yeah, Irina and Sarko. and Mutt Williams, uh, an American hero. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> I'm reaching into the grab bag again. Wait, I just want to say one last thing. I did not do any research for these episodes because I wanted to come in fresh, but I do know one thing. But the VR section of the of the Venice jury is head is headed by Hideo Kojima. So shout out to that. Oh, good. Good. And hey, perfect. Venice lineup is our next boy. boy. So here's the big. uh, I guess this is now the centerpiece of the episode. Yeah. Maybe we Uh, don't need to read all of them. Yes. I would say. (laughs) I think we will. In an effort to avoid Jesse reading all the movies. And then uh, uh, some highlights from the rest of. This is in 
what is in the Google document is in the exact opposite order of how it was pronounced, which I'm finding maybe not exactly opposite. This is but either way, I'm finding to be very, uh, very disorienting. So I'm gonna open use whatever up. list you would like. Yep. Okay. So, We're a real professional operation. Uh, this is in a weird order too. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's start with competition. Uh, the first, the first movie. So these were announced in alphabetical order by the name of the director, as is common. So we're gonna go in that order. Uh, so first was uh, in between dying, directed by Hilal Baidarov, uh, I believe in director from Azerbaijan is what I believe I heard. Yeah. I uh, this is I think his second. Uh, fiction feature and is mostly notable because uh, Alberto Barbera, the director of the festival, mentioned that uh, he had never heard of this director until he was recommended to him by uh, Carlos Regadas, who was in Venice competition with Our Time in 2018. So that's interesting. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I agree. Okay. It's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say all the people on this list are interesting just to get my bases covered. I, I, uh, they're yeah, I they're all so, so interesting. Um, uh-huh. there's, there's one name that gets me really excited, but I believe that's a separate grab bag item. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next up, we um, get... <laughs> uh, let's... Uh, Emma Dante is, uh, is she the one that's, like, a big French theater, dir- uh, Italian theater director? Emma Dante, um, then, mm, maybe? Yeah, uh, so she, she's an opera director Ooh, who, uh, sure. made her oh, yeah, that's film cool. debut in 2013, uh, with a movie co-starring her and oh. Alba Rohrwacher, um... This looks and good. This new movie is called Mozzarella Macaluso. Does that maybe translate to the Macluso sisters? Perhaps. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. We great. I think it probably does. But that's not based on any foreknowledge. That's based on my guessing. I'm I'm a very good guesser. And it is so based on a play. Great. And uh, yes, yes, Sorel is sisters in Italian, so great. Multiple. Thank you, Google. We're okay. experts. Uh, <laughs> the first of two Vanessa Kirby films in competition. That's uh, cool. Mona Fastvold's Ooh. The World to Come, which stars uh, Kirby and. Uh, uh, Catherine Waterston, oh, yeah. as oh, I nice. think the two main characters. Oh, it and does then, have Casey uh, Affleck in it as well. Oh. Yes, uh, uh, Casey Affleck Casey and Christopher Affleck. Abbott play uh, their husbands. That's too bad. It sounds like are more slightly more tertiary characters. I'm on a festival. Yeah, go ahead and say it, Cullen. She is uh, the significant other of Brady Corbet, and she also co-wrote Vox Lux. So here for it. Yes, her her previous film I think stars Christopher Abbott and Brady Corbett. Mm. The thing about Christopher Abbott is that he's one of those guys with like 
all of the movies we talk about, he's he, like he featured in a lot, and I don't think I've ever seen him in a movie. And I think he's just some white guy people made up. I mean, he's he books. he kind of he's, is like he's the reporter. He's the reporter. Yeah, yeah. he feels yeah, he like was he was. Two, he was in two movies at Venice, twenty eighteen. He's great in First Man, right? Yeah, he he's, is. Uh, Docking the walls. He does feel like he was kind of created in a lab to like quietly replace Casey Affleck, though. Like not in looks, but in like the type of projects that he chooses. I sure. can see that. Yeah, he had so, like an imagine, interesting like yeah because he I was on girls. Casey Affleck on girls, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised Abbott, that like, didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was like on girls for like a couple of seasons and yeah. then like quit, and then like they brought him back for one episode, and that episode was really good. Like nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Someday I'll watch Girls. That's right up my alley. Um, I'll get I'll get hit for saying this somewhere by someone, but it it's a good show. That's all I have to say about girls. It's really good. It's really good. Christopher Abbott also, uh, I talked about, um, Black Bear, which, uh, premiered, it was at, it premiered at Sundance and then played the Maryland Film Festival in June. That movie fucking ruled. Was that a, in that. am I making, or is that a Tatiana Maslany movie? Is she in that? Or was she no, in another bear uh, movie? She is in a Tatiana Maslany movie. No, this is, uh. Uh, it's an Aubrey Plaza movie okay. uh, with her and Abbott and Sarah Gaddon as uh, the they're the only three characters for a significant portion. That of the trio movie. makes That's a lot of sense. I'll say about it, yes. Uh, next up, yeah. Next up, uh, I don't need to say anything about Michelle Franco or Nicole Garcia. Uh, they're both kind of can regulars. Though I think Michelle Franco, uh, I think his last movie was at Cannes, but the one before that was at uh, Venice. Uh, no one really likes either of them. Uh, Nicole Garcia's last <laughs> Obviously the programmers at these film festivals do. <laughs> well, no one other than the programmers at these film festivals. Uh, Nicole, Nicole Garcia's last movie was... Uh, Starring uh, Marion Cotillard at, I think, Cannes 2015, uh, Mal de Pierre. Uh, it's, I think it's called From the Moon, but is not a prequel to the John Reynolds short film To the Moon. Uh, and yeah, everyone uh, hated that movie. That was <laughs> one, of most, one of the most poorly received uh can titles of the last decade i think so yeah to michelle franco and uh, nicole garcia we say sit on it <laughs> <laughs> also please come on the show <laughs> uh then we got a couple of venice regulars amos gitai and andre konchalovsky uh they're at venice all the time andre konchalovsky uh, director of uh, nutcracker featuring uh, John Turturro as the Rat King. Oh fuck yeah, I've seen that. It's weird. It's really weird. It's pretty fucking weird. Hollywood director for a few years and now makes Russian movies that how no many, one sees. How many realms are in that version? There are no, none. Don't go into it. Yeah, there are none. Uh, Shirley, Shirley, um, um, fuck, uh, Henderson, Moaning Myrtle, whoever it is, voices yes. the Nutcracker from Meek's Cutoff. From Meek's Cutoff, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, making <laughs> his first appearance in Venice competition, uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa with The Wife of a Spy. Uh, this is a television film that I believe has already 
played on television in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, but is uh, making its international debut at the Venice Film Festival. Uh, it was uh, co-written by the wonderful uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, who did Happy Hour and Asako 1 and 2, which are both great. I think Happy Hour was at Locarno, and then Asako 1 and 2 was at uh, Cannes a couple years ago. He's also got a, a new directorial effort that I don't know if he got to shoot before uh, COVID or not. So, but yeah. Uh, I had a question. That's exciting. The... Oh, what was the Polanski movie called? It was The Spy and the Something. Uh well, I, I get the titles confused. I don't remember. Polan- Sorry, I, my brain jumped to The Catcher Was a Spy, which is not a Polanski movie. No. <laughs> not in the least. What if it was, though? It, it, I, I would still it have not seen it. Wouldn't have filmed an American An officer <laughs> and a spy. Okay, that's oh, what okay. it was called. All right. People loving the spy movies. Yeah. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other uh, Vanessa Kirby movie is uh, Cornell Mundrusco's uh, uh, English language debut starring her and uh, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I think I yes. already talked shit about this movie oh. when we when I was predicting uh, Can. Ju- oh, I think I called right. the cast low rent. That's <laughs> I was like, this isn't, yeah, this I isn't I gonna premiere. I was like, this isn't gonna premiere at a major festival. Um, This 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 movie sounds horrible. It sounds like uh, I don't want to watch this. Yeah, Yeah, Cornell Mundrusco is Mundrusco is not his his movie. A couple movies ago, he did a movie called White. I think it's called White God, but it's about dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I saw that. And it. Yeah, that was supposed to be alright. That fine. one in certain regard. Yeah. I think maybe before that he had been in competition at Cannes, and his movie after that was also in competition at Cannes, and was uh, roundly disliked by everyone except for jury member Will Smith, who was like, this one's gotta win the palm. Well, then Will Smith is gonna love this fucking thing. What? Yeah. This sounds so awful. awful. A couple who lose a child during a tragic home birth which thrusts them on an emotional journey as they come to terms with such a terrible loss is the loss. I mean, it's a bizarre cast. It's like... Yeah, uh, I... uh, Molly Parker's in it. Uh, Jimmy Fails from the last minute. Oh, shit. Wait, really? Oh, that rules. I love him. Uh, There's a... Hold on. Let me get this segment of three people uh, try and get this correct. I think it's Shia that's throwing me off because, like, I've come to expect not this sort of thing from him like i want more like peanut butter falcons not a movie i liked but i want more of that from him you know mm-hmm. maybe i'm alone in peanut butter falcon Colin, appreciation peanut butter falcon? i have it it's pretty wild what a fake shia fan you are <laughs> okay so i i the think fakers. i'm this is the imdb just has them by star meter sure. i think i'm remembering right that there's a segment of the cast that goes uh jimmy fails sarah snook Eliza Schlesinger, Benny Softy. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Wait, bought and sold, baby. Wait a minute. 
wait a minute, maybe this rules. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> now you're singing a different tune. Yeah, now that... Interestingly, this film is called uh, Pieces of a Woman. He's currently in pre-production on a television series called Everybody's Woman. Uh, a sequel. Oh boy. Sorry. Ever, no, I don't think so. That would be really sad if this is the sequel because Uh-oh. it's about a young porn actress who rises through the ranks leaving performing behind for power and longevity in the digital era of adult entertainment. That- Good for her. That sounds great. Yeah. That's pieces of a woman or everybody? That's, that's, did you? Everybody's, everybody's woman. So everybody's like possessive everybody. woman, not everybody's, okay. Like uh, everybody's hero, the anime movie about the baseball bat. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Reeve directed that. I saw There's it in no, theaters. Uh... <laughs> Cool. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Jack wins the cool badge for this episode. uh, Thank you. (laughs) No indication if it is another English language effort. Uh, What else have we got? Uh, Mrs. Marks. Or Miss, Miss Marks. Marks. You want to talk about that one, Cullen? I've been skipping around. uh, Karl Marx's daughter. Cool. There's a clip from daughter. it that looks uh, well made. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Um, is the next big one Nomadland? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Naturno, uh, the Gianfranco Rossi movie, who uh, has right. won. Of course. Is uh, a. I guess he's a documentarian, though. They started off this announcement by uh, saying that they don't like the term documentary uh, at the Venice Film Festival. They've officially (laughs) come out against the word documentary. So he is a nonfiction filmmaker. An important stand to take uh, in these troubling times. (laughs) Who has won uh, both the Golden Lion and the Golden Bear. Kind of thought he might be going for the palm this year, but not possible. A documentary now, a documentary <laughs> never. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> Jack, you got to give Amelia your cool bed. I yeah, uh, I actually. God, I do. I only I just fastened it to my 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 person, and I got to give it to him now. Fuck. And then yeah, uh, we'll talk more later about. Nomad Land, which has its own place in the grab bag. Yes. Uh, so you just want to hit a few out of competitions? Maybe, maybe yeah. So nice. uh, out of competition, uh, opening is uh, Daniel Lucetti's The Ties. Know nothing about that. Uh, An Hui, a very prolific filmmaker, I think is also getting uh, some kind of Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award. Uh, her film Love After Love is playing out of competition. She was also uh, part of that um, anthology film with like the Hong Kong New Wave people that mm. we talked about for uh, the can list. Right. So she's out here working. Yep. Uh, Quentin Depew's uh, follow-up to uh, Deerskin, the similarly diminutively uh, run-timed Mandibulis. The plot for that sound like if you asked me to create a plot for a Quentin Depew, that like that's what this would be. Like the plot is like a Mel Brooks version of a Depew film. There's a short clip oh, for sure. it, uh, like that's out there as well, and it's just like the giant fly <laughs> drinking out of a swimming pool, and I'm like, this is 
Quentin Depew. Uh, this is uh, this is like uh, that segment from uh, Tale of Tales. The uh, <laughs> what's that director's name? He did a Pinocchio oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it uh, Matteo Garon? Yes, Matteo Garon. Uh, uh, where um, Toby Jones befriends a giant fly. Cool. That's something I believe Toby Jones would do. Is that? I think that is the first movie. It's not the first movie I saw at a film festival because I had uh, been to the Maryland <laughs> Film Festival once or twice. It's the first movie that I saw at a fall film festival at the Philadelphia Film Festival in 2015. Uh, I uh, ran away from a uh, college visit that I was on to <laughs> go see that movie. And look where you got, are now. Got right early now. and was at uh, Tale of Tales by 2 in the afternoon. And then, of course, uh, uh, I think this this is listed under features, even though I think it's like a nine-minute short. Uh, uh, the return of everyone's favorite co-director, J.R. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this time co-directing with Alice Rohrbacher, a movie that uh, the, the director of the festival wouldn't really say anything about. He's just like, uh, I'll let this one be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, of course, initially when it popped up on the screen, I thought, oh, I know. does does Alice Rohrbacher have a daughter? Or is she all of a sudden decided <laughs> Alice Rohrbacher Jr.? <laughs> yes, that was, that was my That's initial good. thought. <laughs> uh, but no. Um... <laughs> Yeah, the non-fiction film. This is a great uh, lineup, honestly. This is really good. Some old stalwarts. uh, Abel Ferrara made a movie called Sportin' Life. I think his band is in it. Oh, is it? uh, Oh, boy. I was hoping hoping when I saw the title that it would just be a movie about him and Willem Dafoe like going to play racquetball or something, but I guess that's not what it is. I, I, I was hoping it would be uh, using Willem Dafoe as a stand-in for Goofy and Goofy, and a goofy well, or the sports-type short situation. Just him getting to a bunch of, to a bunch of wacky hijinks. The perfect cast. <laughs> My god, that's uh, perfect. Willem Dafoe is the Goofy of our time. Good. Perhaps the uh, most revolting title and director combination oh, no. in this lineup Uh Luca Guadagnino's doc, uh, non-fiction film Salvatore, Shoemaker of Dreams. I am I, I will see it and enjoy it and I won't say a peep about it. Is he <laughs> it's a two hour long documentary. About, about Salvatore. Shoemaker. I, I love it. Salvatore Ferragamo famous Italian designer. Does he Narrated fuck by shoes? Michael is he, gonna, is he gonna fuck the shoes? He better. Hey, uh, I'll fuck the shoes. Buddy, they won't even let me uh, fuck the shoes. <laughs> uh, Frederick Wiseman has a four and a half hour Hell long yeah. movie about Boston City Hall. Sorry about that. That uh, was announced several months ago. Uh, everyone was real glad to hear he has another movie in the can. If there was ever a time for a Frederick Wiseman movie, it's right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's then, true. Uh, um... And there's a new a Orson Welles thing. Uh, yeah, yes. I was going to say, a I new directorial wait. effort by Orson Welles. Fresh out of the grave. going to pull something out of the archive every couple of years ago. This one uh, sounds like it's maybe in the tradition of uh, Hitchcock Truffaut, 
but is uh, Hopper Wells. What a combination. Uh, I know. He, yeah, I cannot it wait. It was shot, uh, I think, while Dennis Hopper was directing the last movie. Oh, God, uh, that sounds good. Uh, I guess it, it, Wells is the credited director. The uh, the editor was uh, Bob Murawski, who he, he, he uh, worked on Other Side of the Wind. He also won an Oscar for co-editing uh, The Hurt Locker. Nice. And uh, he's also uh, Sam Raimi's editor. Um, that movie shot to the top of my most anticipated list when I just learned that it exists. Any new Orson Welles stuff is like a good thing. Um, but Orson Welles talking to Dennis Hopper is like, it's it's it's, it's like catnip for me, honestly. Yeah. I cannot well, let's wait. Let's start a rumor that Orson Welles is still alive like Tupac. <laughs> Orson Welles is alive on the other side of the wind is... Uh, it was filmed in 2017. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was Bogdanovich and Young yeah. DA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, uh, let's say three more movies to talk about from the uh, also, Orizonte wait, section. I just want to say uh, one more joke. It's like it would be a more interesting documentary if it had been recorded when Dennis Hopper was making Super Mario Bros. <laughs> <laughs> in in full makeup. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so there's, uh... I was gonna say yet- in full Goomba makeup, but that sounds racist <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> okay, The Best is Yet to Come, directed by, uh, Jing Wong, uh, who, uh, is a protege, it sounds like, of, uh, Zha Zhang Ke, who is listed as in the cast of Hell this yeah. movie sure. as well. Uh, and then... A couple, uh, big names in Orizonte. Uh, we've got Gia Coppola's sophomore feature, Mainstream, starring uh, Andrew Garfield, Maya Hawke, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Nat Wolf, and Cullen, you've got another name to say. Casey Frey from Vine. Nice. <laughs> from so, Vine? Yeah, no, no, Casey I, Frey is objectively good. Yeah, but Andy, it's, it's, I hate wait, to say no. that <laughs> if Casey Frey wanted to replace you, I would do it in an instant on this podcast and in our friendship. <laughs> That's incredibly hurtful. Um, I, I, I'm not, not even that he is from Vine, but that you refer to it as Vine singular and not Vines plural. Really, what are you talking about? Me for some reason, Vine is the, the Vine is the ad, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I it should be it should be like from movies right like from but we vines. but we but we do say like vines star- well i guess we also say movie star but he like makes it's like if you're yeah. describing what he when he's from you right. want to say he's from i get a lot of know. vines yeah. he made it's it's like yeah, a weird wrong way. <laughs> i'm not yeah. saying it's logical <laughs> tweets is plural as well uh, I'm not yeah, but you would say from Twitter. Say it's from Twitter, yeah. Sure, okay. Vines are on Vine. Right. <laughs> I, you know He's what? Right. on TikTok. This is a and stupid then, argument. I'm sorry. And I then it finally, before we uh, reach back into the grab bag, uh, Lav Diaz has made another movie. He has been uh, a Petrit Pong Verisethiculd in that he won the Golden Lion several years ago and has now been demoted uh, out of main competition. Uh, perhaps because this movie is yeah, only two and a half hours long. Holy, well, he makes like eight hour long movies. Right? Yeah, yeah. He uh, Meryl Streep had to watch his most recent eight hour. Movie had to. 
she was she was made to do it science award she was like uh i don't know let's give this something i had to sit through it just like yes if i'm gonna sit through this it's getting an award (laughs) (laughs) which is really pulling out the grab bag i know literally god Tell your ride is cancelled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how there is this story. Right, next uh, time. <laughs> there is Tell Your Ride will come up the, the Tell Your Ride will come up again. <laughs> future item. It is um, the heaviest of hearts. <laughs> we must say that Tell Your Ride is cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Uh the old people will not you know, have their festival. You guys have at least one listener, I guarantee, who will be hearing the news for the first time through you. <laughs> that sentence could have ended already. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm reaching into the grab bag and pointing out, one of us will die before the <laughs> I have to send this to eight people, otherwise I'll be... <laughs> I guess it's me. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, yeah, nothing else to say about that other than uh, don't book any travel to Telluride this fall. Mm-hmm. More like don't Telluride. <laughs> what? Wow. More like don't. Never mind. Get Wait. something from the bag, Andy. <laughs> Nomad Land. There we go. Here's the other uh, Telluride item. So, this. Nomad Land. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, it was initially announced. Uh, what, on yesterday or the day before? Uh, it's the centerpiece for the New York Film Festival. Included in that announcement was that it will also be premiering simultaneously in a prime 9-11 slot at both Venice and Toronto, as well as having a screening that is Sponsored by Telluride that takes place at a drive-in in the Los Angeles area. Cool. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, of the uh, um, Venice lineup. It's the big Oscar contender, as Alberto Barbera pointed out when uh, introducing it. Uh <laughs> Yeah, starring uh, Francis McDormand and David Strathairn, directed, of course, by Chloe Zhao of uh, Gotham Award winner, uh, Best Picture winner, The Rider, as well as Mm -hmm. Songs My Brother Taught Me. And a movie Jesse forbids us from talking about that's coming out next year now. Oh. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We'll cover it on Cannes Blockbusters 2020s. Um, uh-huh. I can. I, I didn't realize uh, Strathairn was in it. That's a great match of director and actor. I, I mean, I so is Francis McDormand, but like you know, yeah, yeah. I think that he's playing her husband. That would make sense. Um, Are there anybody else in it? Watch the writer, Colin. You haven't that seen you yeah, haven't seen the writer. You check it out. You would like the writer. Colin. It was nice um, it was my my favorite movie of twenty. Well, I saw it in twenty eighteen. So twenty eighteen was that the one with uh, Steve Zahn, or is that Lean on Pete? That is Lean on Pete. Lean on Pete. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. Horses do get shot in right. both of those. Movies. It is the they horse, do. from it's it's from the year of horse killings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Before they were banned. Um both are good though. If you haven't seen Lean on Pete, Lean on Pete is also really good. Yes. Yeah. They're both good. Back I think, to the yeah. bag. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Yeah. Okay. No matter what sounds good. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> That's the prescription. 
What for? <laughs> yeah, what for? <laughs> I'm not going to be discussing my drug regimen <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Jesse's for... surprise. Yes! Wow! Okay, <laughs> so... I believe this is this is calling back to a discussion that I believe happened on our second episode, which was our uh, twenty twenty preview. Uh, this is about a film that at this point it could premiere in twenty twenty, though IMDb lists it as a twenty twenty one film, uh, and that's one of uh, several. Update. Well, I guess, I guess one big update to the IMDb page. I think the other pieces of information are pieces that probably were already there that I just didn't notice. But I'm positive that uh, this one update is new because we would have noticed it. So we, this is a movie written by Elizabeth Sanders, and we th- we we heard this and we thought, who is Elizabeth Sanders? And we found no answer. Uh, but she is the she, at that point, was the only credited screenwriter on Untitled Lila Neugebauer Project. Oh, that's uh, right. Starring Jennifer Lawrence. Which I believe now, now has a title. There are two more credited screenwriters. I've found no substantiation of this claim anywhere except for just someone putting it into IMDb. Yeah. I can say it's been on IMDb for at least 24 hours. Okay. Now listed as co-writers, Luke Goebel and Otessa Moshfeg. Wow. Yeah. Who are they? <laughs> uh, Otessa <laughs> Moshfeg is a uh, prominent author. Uh, what's her big uh, novel? My Year of Rest uh, and Relaxation. Yes. Everyone. I think at one point, it was one of the, like, 15 movies that uh, Yorgos Lanthimos has become attached to over the last, like, two years since The Favorite came out. Um, was an adaptation of that. Uh, I read a short story of hers. Uh, my impression is that all of her uh, books are just about very depressed people, like, people who are so depressed that they can't do anything. Um but yeah, Brian Tyree Henry's also in it. That's why I, uh, that is how I came across this, is that I was reminding myself of what he's up to. Right. And so I was on this page yeah. and uh, came across this stunning She directs really good plays. That may or may not be yes. true. She's an excellent stage director. Very, very, very yeah, good. Two of her productions. Uh, I am hopeful that she has a voice that translates to the big screen. Same. And I, I yeah. would like for her. I mean,. Uh, it doesn't make much of a difference to me if Jennifer Lawrence's career like keeps happening or not, but she's talented. Right. It would be really nice to see her work with like exciting filmmakers. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some of uh, Lila Neugebauer's uh, collaborators behind the scenes include uh, cinematographer Diego Garcia, who I think maybe came to prominence working. I guess he did... Uh, so he, he worked on both of uh, Gabriel Mascaro's movies. Uh, he did Neon Bull in 2015, which I remember getting some some buzz. And then he had a Netflix movie last year called Divine Love. Uh, but he also worked uh, on Cemetery of Splendor, the aforementioned Virasethical follow-up to Uncle Boon Me, Who Can Recall His Past Lives, that was demoted to Uncertain Regard. 
Uh, he also he did our time with the aforementioned uh, Carlos Regadas. He did another aform. He did he he shot Nimic, uh, the short film by the aforementioned Yorgos Lanthimos. Is that uh, out anywhere? Did, uh, well, he did a couple of he's got a couple other big projects. He did uh, Wildlife. Oh, oh, the aforementioned Paul Dano. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, he's really, he was just like, how many people who are mentioned on this, uh, Can I Kick It episode that I'm also going to be mentioned on, Can I Work With? Uh, and then he also shot half of the Nicholas Winding Refn series, Too mm. Old to Die Young. Oh, yeah. yeah. He Good show. Shot. Andor is shooting the Tokyo Vice pilot. Ooh. Oh, I wonder, is he? Is he really? Oh, I guess that's probably scrap, right? I mean, we haven't, well, we um, don't, I mean. IMDB says it is filming. Uh, it was definitely filming when everything shut filming. down. It was filming. Yeah. The question is, has it returned Recast. to filming? So, Radcliffe that- was in the cast, and I would be fine with that swap, honestly, if they wanted to bring him back out, but. Is Nimic yeah. out anywhere? Can I watch Nimic yet? Can you watch Nimic? I want to say it might have been on like Mubi, but only in the UK. That's that's the uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, Matt uh, Dillon short. Oh Matt yeah, Dillon. yeah. From that... last year. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say I've never seen Jesse more animated than when Jesse Surprise came out of the bag. <laughs> oh, it's but truly hold on. I've got two more collaborators to mention. Uh, editor of this film, uh, maybe the least animated you'll see me is that uh, Ari Aster's editor is the okay. editor of this film. Those are his good editor. Those are his only uh, sole editing credits. Beside this, he also was in the editing department of uh this is an interesting selection of movies he he had various editing roles in <laughs> noah the uh darren aronofsky movie yeah. billy lynn's long halftime walk sure the Meyerowitz <laughs> stories okay hostels wildlife the ballad of buster scruggs and waves okay those are his uh prominent some pretty uh, heavily edited movies yeah those yes. that were just reading an editor's imdb <laughs> of movies that he was just in the room of. This and is then not- <laughs> perhaps the this is the shit jesse lives for here's here's maybe even more exciting the production designer. <laughs> what is this no, you're going to be excited by this, Cullen. Uh, his first credit since Song to Song, it's Jack Fisk. Uh, David Lynch, Paul Thomas Anderson, That's Terrence cool. Malick. Jack Fisk, husband of Sister yep. SpaceX. All right. Are we done with right. Jesse's surprise? We're done with Jesse's surprise. What a surprise it was. Okay. Truly, I will never recover. All right, grab back, grab back, grabbing out the bag, and oh, what's this? What's Jesus this? Christ. My <laughs> goodness, what a surprise! It's it's a BFG Funko Pop. It's oh, 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 oh. it's the BFG. My good friend, yes, I love him. A, a good friend Goodbye, to all of us. Snozcumber. He he's so Hello, good. Frobscottle. Does he have a snobcumber in it? <coughs> he uh, he does not. No, he is just by himself. Uh, he is wearing bare feet. Uh, he's got a little goatee. 
Adam um, and Eve, <laughs> BFG, yeah, Brandon Snoss, Cumber, Dildos. <laughs> How dare you? Um, Jack asked me to put uh, BFG in the grab bag. I did. He messaged me earlier because he was like, hey, those other jerks are too mean about the BFG. It's true. and Because it, it's I, a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say, you guys are a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, uh, I can't, I can't tell which of you is which, but, uh, Emilio is definitely the child chewer, I think. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the other, like, bad giants you all are. Wouldn't um, be, be the worst nickname given to me by people on the <laughs> Um, but here's, here's the thing. Um, it is, a uh, look, it's a delight of a film, and, and I, I, I just would like to say that I think you're all, uh, really cruel individuals. I'm sorry to railroad you on your own show. Um, but, I also like it genuinely. I, I rewatched it last night, and I, I I think that Spielberg's filmmaking is really underrated in it. And I and I, I do I will say that I think it's better. I, I think it would be a lot better without the motion capture. Like if it was just Rylance and some like Lord of the Rings. Like yeah, I, I like I, like I don't think that stuff played well in theaters. I don't think it plays well on my my television. Um, I, I I just don't think that stuff plays well anywhere but what does play well is rylance like like beautifully well and i think it may actually be i mean it's not a long list but i think it might be his best film performance because he is speaking utter nonsense that you still just completely understand on an emotional level i think i see your face colin i see your face amelia i see your face jesse but like i think no i'm actually i I mean, I'm going to say that I think that his best film performance is Ready Player One. That, which is why he's great in that, too. A movie that because I think is Ready detestable. Ready Player One, BFG, Bridge of Spies. <laughs> well, well you know, there's a few more. There's a few more. Every, yeah. But, it, it, you know, and the thing I really like about it and that I like about it, and, and I won't harp on this because I can see that Colin is about to, like, reach through the screen and just, like, grab my neck, um, which is fine. Um, it is, it, like, I... I yeah, I mean, I can't really do anything about it if he does that, because then Colin has proven himself to be a, a witch, and that would be cool. So, um, I, I think that it is one of those films, and a lot of films try this, that operate on dream logic in a way that actually, f- like, feels very real to me. Um, and, and it's not a mishmash of tones as much as it is just, like, every scene somehow is, like, for, for me, like, because the BFG himself is so centered in this movie as a character. Um, I'm on board with whatever direction he is going in because, like, Rylance is a figure in film that just, like, and on stage, too, where I've seen him work. And, Andy, I think you've seen Mark Rylance on stage, too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw him in Jerusalem by Jez yes, Butterworth. And great, Incredible. great show. And Mark Rylance is an actor that just, like, wants you to be invited into whatever he is doing and whatever his thought process is, which is one of the reasons why, Jesse, I agree with you. I think he's incredible in Ready Player One. So while I would love if it was just, like, prosthetics um, and, like, mirror tricks and shit, like, I really think that... I I almost don't care what happens in this movie. I'm there because it is such a good showcase for one of our best actors. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that it is a showcase for what who might be, like, one of our, like, five greatest living actors, period. And and I appreciate that it exists for that. I don't care about it as a doll adaptation. Uh, I almost don't even care about it as far as Spielberg goes, as the, although I don't think anybody but Spielberg could have filmed it in that way. Um, it has a really shaggy, like, staged play right. feel to it. Like, it feels like the post in a lot of places, which I like. And that's because a lot of it's on green screen. But um, 
I just, he's so fucking good, and, and I just, I demand you all apologize. Not now, but at some point I in the future. tried to give him best, did we give, we gave him he's, best. He's co- tied, tied him for best Russell actor Crow. with yeah. Russell Crowe. Which, tied Russell Crowe in which movie now? B- the uh, nice technically both The, the nice, nice Guys and Robin, Robin Hood. What, uh, I mean, Nice Guys, yes. <laughs> we were talking about Robin Hood a little bit like before this. got beef with David Sims. Uh, yeah, that's more of what it is, you know. Yes. Yeah, which is um, why I cucked oh, him by wait. coming on after him. So my alarm just sounded. We are legally not allowed to talk about the BFG for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank All you right. for letting me make my peace. Anyway, Disney it's, Plus it's, streaming now. Everybody, it's the go powers watch it. that be that stopped you. Yes. <laughs> we wanted to keep hearing it. So. <laughs> I mean, that's what All I got. Right. I also think that the score is really good. It's like an amber Of course, everyone is looking forward to Mark Rylance's next performance in Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Very much. I am very excited for that. Is that coming out after or before the one with uh, Pattinson and Johnny Depp? uh, That's already. I think that came out last week. Yeah. uh, Starring, yeah, both directed by and starring uh, Cancelled Men. Yeah. Um, the he does play. He he is playing. He is going to play, uh, or has played maybe Satan in the next uh, Rylance, uh, next uh, Malik. Oh yeah, no, no, that's what's happening. Yeah. Um, I think he's playing maybe four different versions of Satan. Cool. Like uh, he he Malik he played like, one. We, he was Great. like, do we want to cast four different people? Nah, let's have Rylance play all of them. Yeah. Can't wait until they be very mad at me when I say it's my least favorite Ryland screen performance. Which <laughs> would uh, uh, do also you... starring uh, Geza Rorig as Jesus and Matthias Schweinartz as Peter. That's yeah. cool. That's Peter, the best it's like one. One of those things where I don't think I don't know if Terrence Malick is a hundred percent an actor's director. But I, I think, think if, if, if you if you have like working with him when they don't get cut out. Yeah, I think yeah. if you have, like, a good face and can just do something for, like, two seconds, I think you do shine in his movie stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, maybe he's not, like... Yes. I mean, I don't know, because, like, I feel like it's just the way that, like, he works, especially, like, in his Louis Becky movies, mm-hmm. that you just see so much, like, of close-ups of these actors' faces that, like, if you are dynamic in that way, yeah. you, like, shine in the movie. yeah. Uh, this, yeah, uh, yeah. My my big Malik gripe is basically, yeah, I feel like he doesn't give actors any storytelling control. Which no, frustrates Watch which is the song, my friend. Um, a Hidden Life is, I think, his best performed movie of the last like ten years. Like that movie is, it kind of yeah. didn't land, but that movie is great in a lot of respects. August Deal is I mean, really that, good. I mean, yeah. It's what I was thinking. It's like yeah. Deal and the Rogowski in a Hidden Life, especially just like if you have a face and can do a thing that he finds interesting, yeah. he'll he'll shoot you. Yeah, everyone is great in uh, Hidden yeah. Life. Uh, Valerie Pachner as well. Do you guys know who was supposed to direct the Chicago 7 movie before Sorkin just decided to do it? it oh, yes, yes. It was no, Marielle Heller, and I, know. Wow. Oh, I swear... She would have been I can't tell what that oh come on was, but I, I just I am I, I, I No, I'm saying oh come on is like and then Sorkin wanted to do it instead. Well, and like Molly's game is like competently Fine. directed, but yeah, like Mariel yeah. Heller is like a director of right. films. She like, would have brought just, out stuff yeah. from the text, definitely, yeah. that like yeah. Sorkin is yes. probably not capable of doing. Which yeah. I mean I like every I like basically every Aaron Sorkin movie I've ever seen that he's yeah. written. Yeah. Um I think he's good. Uh, I think I thought Molly's game was fine, but yeah, and I'm excited yeah. for that movie. But yes, geez, that she would have been 
great. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, she it was it would just be, have been a better movie because it's not like I would say like the only reason as even like as a studio you would take Sorkin is I guess if it brings you some star who wants to work with Sorkin, but that movie doesn't have any stars. It's in like it, yeah, really. Sasha Baron Cohen and Eddie Redmayne, like right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, Jeremy Strong, I guess, also. Yeah, but, like, but also they, the, they got the him cinema. like before yeah. he blew up. It's like I'm sure yes, Marielle Heller could have gotten yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I, I think she's phenomenal, and I I also one more thing about that movie's story is um that's I'm glad right. that after the tragedy not tragedy because this movie was never going to be good. Um, I don't love Sasha Baron Cohen. I think he's a great actor. Um, and after him not getting to do freddie mercury i'm kind of glad his like abby hoffman dream is getting to happen just because like i kind of i just want to see it like i want to see right how it goes for him um yeah, i have to I step away like, real quick guys i'll be right back sorry about that okay. yes just to expand That's on fine. what jack I'll said really this quick. movie we've missed that this movie has our biggest star uh uh frank langella hey frankie boy thanks but uh, of, of I, I was, Latin Frank fame. Go ahead, Emilio. Yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say that, like to what Jack said, is that I think I have a, a similar take, and that I do think that Sasha Baron Cohen is a good actor, even though I do not think I like him personally, and I think he could actually do something very good. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, he's definitely yeah. Um, I guess this is also where we plug is Borat Funny Right Now dot com. Yeah. An important Check out resource. is Borat Funny Right. Wow, is that? It's still going. It's still in. I've checked it within the last. This is how Emilio of finds days. out he's been paying for a domain name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to I find mean, out, I, yeah, I knew I paid for it for like a year, so I know that it's <laughs> up. But, uh, the answer has not changed from when you first loaded it up, but uh, and I stand by it. Borat is still funny right now. Dot com. <laughs> All right, Andy, go to the grab bag. All right, last, last, excuse me, I, uh, the grab bag fell on the floor. I gotta go grab it. We're dropping the bag. Actually, I'd like you to cut this out. I'd like you to put one more thing in the grab bag. Absolutely Uh not. Wait, there's only one thing left? (laughs) There's only one thing left in the grab. Wow. Did you, wait, what, what did you want me to add, Jesse? All right, I'll just say, uh... Uh, French Dispatch probably oh, not right. coming out. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for sure. a bummer. But I guess I mean it's it's in Disney's hands. I guess it's not the kind of thing they put on Disney Plus at all. But like, no, yeah, I, think I, I don't know what tone he's. I don't know what tone it is this time. So, but I, I think there is a chance that uh, Toronto convinces them to uh, premiere it, even if it's not coming out this year. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, half the reason Wes Anderson premieres a movie at Cannes is so he can shoot eight commercials while he's there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Commercial. I guess, like, <laughs> I feel like it could do okay as a Hulu original. Speaking I, of. I think it could, too. I, I, just, know, hold on. I, like, I, I was... feel like it, it, it might do well as a Hulu original, but I don't, I don't know. If, I feel like they have broader ambitions for it. That's true. Yeah. What a um, sentence. I am. I am very excited for that for that movie, especially Jeffrey Wright. I think is like that's an actor I would love to see. Yeah. In a West Anderson movie. Too. So yeah. for the last item in our grab bag. Oh yeah. Forgot about uh, that. I just rewatched it this we're, morning. We're speaking. I thought there was a second surprise. The the films. Yeah. Were there not other surprises? The BFG was the other surprise. Ah. Uh, a great one, I have yeah. to say. A good um, friend. Palm Springs is good. 
It's yeah, very it's, good. It's fucking fun movie. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> it's a good time. I watched it uh, last night. Yeah. This morning. Yeah, I saw you liked it. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I um, I think that like a common criticism that I'm hearing is that it's like not worth the hype. Which like I am, this is maybe antithetical to the nature of your podcast. I think that once you watch a movie, hype is like a fake idea. Honestly, yes. like if that if that if that directs like how you feel about something, then I mean that's on you. But um, yes, I strongly agree. But it's like it's it's I am a also fucking that feeling very strong. Yeah, and hype also like can ruin discussions before and after a film. Just utterly so um but this I is mean, one where i, I have problems with the i mean we can't i don't know if we can turn this into a discussion about yeah. hype but i also yeah. have problems with the discussion of hype it's just like shitting on enthusiasm totally oh yeah and yeah. also it's like as a podcast about film festivals i think i am well aware that the circumstances right. in which you are presented with films right is a great is a very big factor in how you respond to oh them. absolutely yeah, and I think that that's people true. who shit on like Sundance hype or whatever are just like are also not aware that the way in which they received the movie, not at a film festival, also colored that experience. Absolutely, yeah. And this is said from somebody who has like the the opposite of festival hype, where it's like every time I've been at TIFF, I feel like I'm more critical of movies than mm-hmm. I normally am because I have more things to like compare them to. Yeah. Rather than like when I watch a movie normally, where I just receive yeah. whatever it's doing or yeah. whatever it's like, but. Right, I just refuse to rate movies at TIFF. Um, But Palm Springs is just like I. I, So I here's the thing: I I saw it early, and I I checked this morning, and I'm not allowed to say how. Um, But but I have told each of you, I think. Um, And it is it is. um, I didn't know what it was about, and I was so delighted by how it presents itself. And how well it unfolds the world. Like it like I don't like using the phrase world building, but the world building is really fucking good. Like it's such a smartly written movie. That is like I mean, similar to like reacting to overhype, I guess like watching a trailer is on you if that affects uh how you watch the movie. And I yeah. understand that like you guys uh, I think we talked about it like off mic that like it's probably a very hard movie to cut a trailer for. Yeah. Um, oh yeah for sure but i can imagine loving it much more not knowing what it is about and that that for sure colored my first experience watching it and i watched it again this morning and i was looking for um for just things i i'd heard of like there's there's a like i don't think i i don't think it's like a theory or anything but like it's been suggested june squibb's character might like be in on the the loop and so i watched and i was like yeah i can see why you would think that that's that would add then not knowing if she is or not kind of adds another shade to it. And I like stuff like that a lot. And this is a concept that really gives you like rewatches are very, have any of you seen it more than once at this point? No, I almost it's, rewatched it. It's very rewarding. I think yeah. like on, especially if you dug it the first time and it's nice and breezy. Like I did other stuff while right. I watched. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's I will getting... say, yeah, I saw it. So I had like heard about, about it out of Sundance. Like it got, it got, you know, it had the big like sale or whatever. So it was like, it was like, this is going to be like a maybe successful Sundance comedy, or maybe it's going to be a Sundance comedy that flops or whatever. Like it had that on it out of the festival. People were generally into it. Uh, And then I, it was supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out like in November, right? Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. It was supposed to come out like later this year. Yeah. It was supposed to be a later release, which is dumb. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it would have coincided with when the movie takes place, right? Is like, yeah, uh, yeah, but it's such a summery vibe, yeah, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but then they were like, "Oh, it's a pandemic, whatever. We're gonna put it out straight to Hulu. Co bought it with Neon initially. Yep. So they were gonna put it out straight on Hulu and also in drive-ins. Yeah. Uh, the, and I the was... biggest sale in Sundance history by sixty-nine cents. I right. Think. Exactly. Wow. Nice. Haha. Um. And so I got to see it at a drive-in. Like right. I was oh, like, "Oh, awesome. I'm, this like seems like a great. You know, it's ninety minutes." whatever like uh i saw it at the drive-in paired mm. with black panther as you do um uh, and i had a blast i was i thought it was so fun i laughed a lot out loud just sitting alone in my car uh i was really really touched by it and and, and it's sort of its examination of uh what it is to be like stuck in a rut and all that like the natural themes that are in a uh, a time loop movie yeah. um uh and i thought the way that it integrated multiple characters perspectives into that which i think is like what the main new card it brings to the table yeah in that uh regards was like really cool um yeah I, and i mean it's like got really likable performers andy yeah. sandberg's like charm it's his it's his best yeah. performance in like anything i think which which is maybe a low bar to some but i think he's always so locked into what he does that i, I i'm i always like him except for the the his television program that i don't enjoy um about cops but like he's very fucking good in this movie like he's i feel like i could probably name if i thought about it long enough i could name an snl sketch that i like him more. oh probably that i mean I yeah mean, but as far as movies go i think it's for yes, sure as his, far as movies yeah it's full so. it's fullest performance i think is yeah. where he's like both a romantic lead and he does this like wacky comedy yeah. thing. And it gives him a lot to chew on. Yeah, and he has to play like the manic, so like the sort of depressiveness of existing in this sort of time loop, and he does all pretty admirably. It's like I think his performance in Hot Rod is one of the funniest things ever. It is. So I, yeah. I can't say it's, <laughs> I can't say it's my it's my favorite of his performances. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. It's certainly the biggest thing he's ever had to play, and yeah. he does a good job at it. Yeah, Bash Brothers though. Yeah, Bash Brothers. I also think J.K. Yeah. Simmons is really fucking great in this movie in a, in a role yeah. that like you can imagine a couple different character actors stepping into. Like, there's a world where like right. maybe John Goodman does it or or, or someone, but like mm-hmm. it's so like J.K. Simmons at this point is like I think we take him not for granted, but like we underestimate just how good he consistently is um, because he he disappears into stuff right. but like that last shot of him is like one of my favorite last shots yeah. of the last couple well, and I think, of years like it uses jk simmons like as a persona really effectively because yeah. jk simmons like he has won an oscar but he like will still do like state farm commercials yeah so like M&M it was like <laughs> right exactly so like what like the extent to like how much he was in the movie was like really like i felt like it could be any amount like yeah. he could be like the third lead or he could be like a two scene cameo and yeah. like i was not sure how much of him there was going to be so like that sort of as like a a a, a thing to track in the movie was yeah. really effective i thought yeah. he's um, great yeah he's really yeah. good yeah. i mean yeah i mean that's a good way to put it about how it reconciles like the like whiplash J. Jo- Jonah Jameson like mad craziness of him but also like yeah. the sort of like wacky goofy guy who will just like show up do a scene or two but it's something. and it's also Snap like like a cornball in La La Land <laughs> yeah or yeah. like I mean and this is like I, I think one of his best performances on a very long list is Juno a movie that I like I, I think is like I, I, I don't really know what I think of it now I think it's fairly lovely but like I also saw it when I was 17 but like he has stuck with me as like the warmest presence of that movie and I think we forget that as nuts as he is like and I think a lot of us first encountered him in Spider-Man um he's also just a very like 
he's just a very warm guy to to when when he's in that zone and that's one of the reasons why like that combination andy like what you were talking about is really like i can't imagine any other like that, that's why i think it's so good that it's him i can't imagine any other like character actor really stepping into it in quite the same way it's like pitch perfect yeah i mean they got like probably like you could imagine a world where John Goodman does it. Yeah. Though John Goodman, like especially these days, he probably reads as more sinister than J.K. Simmons. Does For sure, yeah, yeah. He hasn't been doing like a lot of his warmer work. No, Speed Racer was kind of the last yeah, time I think. Unless you're watching the Connors, yeah, um, <laughs> which we all are. Yes. I'm now realizing that uh, my first exposure to J.K. Simmons was not uh, Spider-Man because I've seen none of those movies, but it is. <laughs> the most similar performance to that which is of course portal 2 oh yeah of course oh god one of his other great performances he's great in that mm-hmm. i mean yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. it's, it's a perfect fantastic voice performance yeah. that he's great yeah um the palm springs would, is great yeah. oh i would like to talk about chris Emiliati for a second because yes. i've been like hyping her up for a god, while it's like yeah i saw her in once uh, I did as the original girl on broadway yeah uh she was terrific on how i met your mother like basically did an impossible thing by like making that character work yeah uh and then uh she was on a season two of fargo mm-hmm. in like what i think is probably like the thing of hers that I remember least, but, like, she was, like, exciting to be at. Yeah. And, like, she hasn't really popped since then. I think this is, a, like, a tremendous yeah. showcase for her. She's so funny. She's so charming. Yeah. Her character goes in, like, the most directions in the movie. I think so, Because she yeah. has, like, the most to go with. It's and really her movie, yeah. like, all in right, all. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. And, like, that was the thing that, like, the takeaway from the trailer that I had was, like, oh, this seems like it's more Kristen Milioti's movie than Andy yeah. Samberg's movie. Uh, and, yeah, I think, I think the reveal that that comes up with her like yeah. in the second act break or whatever uh is like mm-hmm. really effective and like, i didn't so, yeah. necessarily see it coming um uh i think yeah and i think just like it's so great to see her get a a, a real a room a role with a lot of room for her to breathe and do everything that i think makes her like an exciting talent and i hope it gets a lot more work for her. she has also now joined the roster of actors who you 100 percent believe are the offspring of peter gallagher sure. which is a, a longer list than i would expect <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those brows. I wish yeah. I, I wish it's I were the offspring of Peter Gallagher. <laughs> you could be. Um, probably. No, know. but she's great. She's yeah. uh, very charming. She's very funny. She's yeah. can sell, she sells every aspect of the movie more than any other performance. Agreed. That you like, can feel. Yes. Yeah. What it's yeah. trying, what it's trying to do is most evident in her character and yeah. in her performance of just like, what it takes to change what are the circumstances in which one would need to like finally like find the time to figure themselves out yeah what the lack of consequences can do to a person absolutely and like how that sort of change has to come from within because it's like you're never going to be able to yeah 100 percent. it's great and she's wonderful there's probably an entire like essay in there's probably an entire essay to write about how she is in wolf of wall street giving a good performance and then she she leaves and margot robbie enters and then that the next 10 years of hollywood and what happened yeah she um she's also really good i just want to say in in a a show that i like have only i only watch when someone tells me one of them is like maybe my speed her black mirror episode is really good and it's one of only like three or four black mirrors that have ever registered with me but like 
She yeah. is really good in that. That's, that was, like, the big one that season yeah. that everyone was, like, really excited about. It's the one yeah. that has, like, the Star Trek parody in it. So yeah, it, like, yeah. has a little bit. Oh, I had. Yeah. Oh, Michaela, Michaela Cole's in that, too. She's great. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm... again, that's another one where it's, like, you don't necessarily expect that the whole story is going to fall on her character. But then it does. And she, like, right. carries yeah. it off no problem. She really does. Her episode of 30 Rock from, like, a decade ago is also oh, yeah, nuts. She's, she's insane. Rock, yeah. yeah she's very good um but she's great and i love i really liked this movie a lot and as someone who like i don't know like 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 i think i think it being the pandemic but also like my my whole brain is kind of centered around like the wedding i've just had to delay like i don't know this movie was very appealing to me like Mm -hmm. the past couple of months it's like it's 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 really good and i i get why some people don't love it it's like some people wish it was like more of a traditional comedy and and I I get that but you know I think it's plenty but, funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think yes. it's plenty funny. I think yeah. the balance of what it's trying to do is very good. Like I think this is a, a good tweet by Brianna Sigler on Twitter which I don't remember entirely but she mentioned like it has just enough cynicism to not seem like super treacly right. and like and like we be on like oh we changed each other and like the ending of some sort of rom-com and yeah. stuff. It's just like had enough cynicism to be like, you know what, these are just people, they're reacting to the right. situation in which they're presented, right. and they're not, like, fully changed people by the end, which is an aspect that I do really like, but it's like, yeah, they, they're they gonna learn from each other, they yeah. use their experience. It's also just, like, it's, like, to go off of that, it's a very wise movie about, like, about love, because they, they both say at the end, like, like, we, we could just be, like, like what if we get really bored of each other and they're like well we already are and it's like there you go it's like it's a very smart observation that i wish more movies i wish more movies had observations like that because it's not trekly like you said it's very just honest and and i think that is what makes it land yeah it's also a movie where five minutes in i thought oh when when are they gonna do uh, a bunch of drugs to see how long they can stay awake yeah 15 minutes later he's like no no i did that already yeah right yeah i like that yeah Uh, chris uh, a couple uh things from imdb uh kristen miliati's next project is a hbo show with uh uh, Billy Magnuson, Dan Bacadal, and Ooh. Ray Romano. Ooh. It's based on a novel and being uh, Sign me adapted up. by. Uh, it's a novel by uh, Alyssa Nutting, and she. Uh, it's her and Patrick Somerville on okay. it. It looks like uh, Patrick Somerville is the. He's the he worked on the leftovers. Uh, yeah, he's a maniac guy. Right. He he's doing he's, Station Eleven. Yes, I think he's doing yeah, Station Eleven. That's cool. That's right. wow. Oh, that sounds great. We'll get yes. doing production design on that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, you can't ask these questions. Jordan Ferrer, what are his credits? <laughs> Run him down. Oh, he's like a, he's uh, well, he's not. He's not. His only production design credits are on Survivor. Oh, great. Uh, But he's been the art director on several major blockbusters. He's uh, he's the art director for Logan, Bumblebee, Captain Marvel, Ford v Ferrari, and Birds of Prey. Uh, That's that's one movie that that looks great, and a few movies that are there. And uh, S.J. Clarkson directed, or will direct, maybe a number of these episodes. What are his credits? Or her credits? Sure. Or their credits? Her, she was uh, the one who she... was supposed to make Star Trek Four. That's and right! She did a bunch of... Uh, wow. She That's did a wild. bunch of Jessica Jones... Uh, a couple episodes of Jessica right. Jones. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and she... 
uh, she did the unaired Game of Thrones pilot prequel. Oh, pilot. okay. So she's, she's had a bad, some bad luck. Yeah. Well, hopefully this is good then, bummer. because yes, I, I'm glad that Trek movie didn't get made because I feel like that cast is like at its time, but like it's still a bummer because I was kind of excited that that she was hired. But you know, I, yeah. yeah, this is not absolutely the opposite of a topic for this podcast. But what the <laughs> hell is happening with Star Trek as a property is fucking wild. Yeah, it's insane. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, uh, but, I'm but anyway, I'm into it. Another piece. There is another uh, piece of information uh, uh, from IMDb that I don't think that we have to comment on, which is that uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League has its own IMDb page. Cool. Cool. That's so yeah. great. All right. I, I, I agree that I have no comment on that. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. All right. So, folks, that's the grab bag for this mm-hmm. month. Do you I don't know how like, often are we doing Turn it these? over and shake it. I guess, yeah. yeah. Empty. Nothing else. Greyhound chat. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um. I swear I I thought Andy's fight was gonna be Greyhound chat. (laughs) That's what that's what my guess was gonna be. No, I mean Greyhound fun movie. That's all I got. Um, Yeah, I will say that uh, when we scheduled this episode, traditionally Toronto. I think I said this off the air. uh, Yeah. Toronto generally makes its kind of major announcement right it's like first uh, wave like the special presentations and the galas before venice so i was hoping that that may uh happen uh that did not happen uh our recording schedule coming up is a little weird i will say look for that as either an addendum to one of the next two episodes or a potential midweek emergency episode. Yeah, a, a special Jesse thought ep- yeah. Jesse thoughts episodes where he yes. just reads the <laughs> news by himself. Piss? It says <laughs> it says plugs. <laughs> you plugs. jerk. I have terrible oh, handwriting. <laughs> okay. Um yes, I, I I so yeah, we might have a bonus episode. It might be an episode where Jesse reads a list, uh, always a favorite among yeah. our fans. Um, but yes, other than that, let's get to plugs, because that was the thing that fell out of the grab bag. Uh, Jack, thank you for joining yes. us. Yeah. Thank you, you so like much for being here. Yeah, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Glad to be here. What do you care to plug? Um, what's up? Nothing. <laughs> um, I, nothing right now. Um, I am, um, there's like a, there's, uh, my Twitter sucks, my letterbox sucks. Um, um, but I'd like to plug the club. I'd like to plug friendship. <laughs> I'd like to plug friendship and I'd like to plug the BFG. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. In that order. Yes. Oh. Very nice. Part. And this show. Um, if you're listening to this show because you you know me and you haven't heard this show before, you should listen to this show because these guys are great. Disagree. I guarantee you at least my fiance will listen and I'm telling her to keep listening so that's nice yeah that's all i got i got nothing to plug you guys are great and i love talking to you thank you yeah it's been such a pleasure having you bringing Mm -hmm. your wonderful perspective and and wonderful jokes uh and uh you're welcome to reach into my grab bag anytime thanks Uh, andy jesse (laughs) yep uh you can find us at (laughs) can i kick it on twitter uh, you know what? I'm gonna uh, pay money to change our uh, letterbox <laughs> handle before this episode is released. Wow. You can find us at C I K I Pod. What is your letterbox handle right now? No. Uh, 
Can <laughs> I? I don't know. I, I forget. That's why I'm changing it. I, I forgot. Sure. So gotta change it. The letterbox that I recently updated uh, that hadn't been updated since our episode where we gave Tetro the uh, award for best movie. And, uh, whatever directed uh, Fortnite or whatever. That's funny. Remember how Tetro rules? Tetro so is, really. is 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 <laughs> it's fine. Go stick your Funko Pop in your grab bag, you goon. <laughs> Jesse, what do you have to plug? Some snosh cumbers time. You have to do your plugs at the BFG. <laughs> Find me on Twitter at JP Glick Weber. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, also at J.P. Glickweber. I would like to plug a film that, uh, I've not seen yet, but have heard nothing but ecstatic praise about, which is, uh, Amy Simons's She uh, Dies Tomorrow. Yes. You can also watch her, uh, first film, Sun Don't Shine. I think it's on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime still. It's probably on, like, Canopy or something, too. Uh, and the girlfriend experience fucking rocks. It's really good. Yeah, stars, everyone likes yes. that too. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, she does stars. tomorrow, starring Caitlin Sheel and James Adams, as well as a, uh, a ensemble uh, full of any everyone you can imagine uh, coming to drive-in theaters uh, this Friday, the day that the episode is being released. You can find that list of drive-in theaters at uh, Neon's website. They just put it up this morning. And then the following week will be released to... Uh, is it going to VOD, Hulu, or both? VOD, I think, solely. I think yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. I've also... I've heard, I don't know if this is legit. I've heard, because Hiro Mirai was so busy with Station Eleven, that Amy Simitz is doing a pretty good bulk of... Or did a pretty good bulk of Atlanta Season 3. Um, she directed, two in season two, uh, yep. Yeah, and I think I think I think Donald episode. brought her back uh, for a couple more, which is great. Hell That's awesome. yeah, yeah. That show's so good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I will I will plug both seasons one and two of Atlanta available on FX on Hulu <laughs> now. Uh, my name is Andy Gramuga. You can find me on uh, social media at Andy T Germ, where I think I'm reasonably fun. Very much so. I'll. Uh... I'm clackly on everything. Uh, I'll plug uh, as every podcast is our rival podcast. I was on one recently. I don't know when it's coming out. It should be coming out soon. But check out the feed for the Sahara tapes. It's a fun podcast. And I was on talking about Richard Kelly's The Box. Had a great time. They were gracious enough to have me on. And also last week, Emilio uh, made the uh, an implication that I plug nonsense. So I'm gonna lean in and plug using knucking futs again. Oh, like like in Dickie Roberts, former exactly. child star. I still know so the song from the. A lot of tweets uh, with <laughs> earnest usage of knucking futs. <laughs> Ernest, you can't claim earnest usage at this point. I refuse. How's Vern? I'd like to uh, add on to Andy's plug, which is that. If IMTB is to be believed, they uh, are insisting that uh, season four of Atlanta will come out this year, and then season three will come out next year. <laughs> <laughs> they shot both at once, I know. They, but, yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, Emilio, <laughs> Emilio, please do your plugs. 
I don't think you should follow me on anywhere. I'm Come just on. Right now. <laughs> I'm just living my best life. Uh, you can add me on League of Legends as PG Grip if you want to hit up a couple duos, play some ranked matches. Apart from that, we're good. See you next week. Thanks All to right. Tree Related for the theme song, right? Yeah, yeah. thanks to Tree Related for the theme song again. Check out, check him out at soundcloud.com slash Tree Related. Check out Tree Related on Spotify. The theme song is good. We're counting down to how many weeks it takes until I forget we have a theme song and use something else. But uh, great, it's a wonderful theme song. Uh, he got Amir Costa Rica in there. Very excited about that. He got uh, my one in there. My one, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Uh, my, oh, we didn't talk. Well, whatever. Jesse, uh, <laughs> for God's sake, <laughs> release the audience. <laughs> the audience is released. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Wine. No. All right. Oh, what's the, I'm opening it up. Oh, if there's something else to in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a fool <laughs> I took acting classes in college yeah that shows but... <laughs> um Jesse <laughs> you're the one who has the bag fine look there's uh there's still something else in the bag it's Tiff Tiff got announced today yeah, uh, and we're we're adding on to the bag which got closed but has been reopened. So let's talk about the TIFF lineup. We have another yeah. guest joining us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who we did uh, not we're we're we joined by uh, future guest Sam Herbst. Hey everyone, I was inside that bag the whole time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you were hanging out with Andy's uh, prescriptions and a bunch of nonsense pieces of paper. <laughs> and a yeah. Funko Pop of the BFG. Exactly. Yeah, there was weirdly just like one scrap of paper that said TIFF, so I just held on to that. <laughs> That's why the lineup didn't get announced till today. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so uh, TIFF announced their reduced lineup today. It's what, 48 features is what, what the count was? Which is like around what they the said it was going to be? Um, that sounds right. They said 50. Uh, right. So yeah, that's close. It's uh, not 48 because 48 is divisible by three and it does not fit evenly onto uh, three columns. I'm going to say it's either 50 or 47. <laughs> it's 50. I counted exactly. It's 50. Great. Cool. Glad we nailed them, that down. Yeah. That, a, lot of them, a lot of them we have talked about because they either were part of the Venice lineup, which we talked about an hour ago, or they were part of the fake can lineup, which we started talked about several months ago. Uh, there's a couple from Sundance and then there's some premieres. Uh, what, what excites everyone in this lineup? Uh, feature City director Hall, Regina so. King. Yes, <laughs> I've been... That's- I have been told to say on behalf of our guest from the rest of this episode that uh, One Night in Miami is an excellent play. Which is, yes, which it's based on a play. Regina King directed it. It's got a really cool cast, too. Leslie Mm -hmm. Odom Jr. is in it. Um, Who else? Uh, 
And then yeah, the, the, the screenplay is written by uh, the playwright Kemp Powers. He's only directed uh, a few episodes of television at this point, I believe. Um, and yeah. I think something for HBO as well. Maybe a TV, maybe like a special. Or a doc. Uh, but yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, yeah, Algis Hodge, Kingsley Benadir, Lance Reddick's in it, uh, Michael Imperioli's in it, Bo Bridges is in it. Uh, yeah, that one seems exciting to me, definitely. Um, that was a, that's a first, like, uh, that hasn't been announced anywhere else, right? Yes, that's correct. That will, yeah. they, I don't think have released premiere statuses anywhere, but presumably that is a premiere. Yes. Um, she tweeted out, like, a picture of it or something semi-recently, which sort of led me to believe that it was probably going to be at one of these uh, festivals. Mm-hmm. Tiff makes sense for that kind of movie. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Hope it's good. She, yeah. We're all rooting for Regina King. Absolutely. Yeah, what a week uh, she's having. Yeah, yeah I know. All those Watchmen nominations and then this. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I watched Beale Street for my class. What a week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure she's considering that <laughs> when yeah. she goes yeah. through her week. Her yeah, week is like, uh, you know, TIFF movie premiering. Emmy nomination, Jesse bumping uh, Beale Street up to a five star in Letterboxd. <laughs> no, it was five stars already. <laughs> Great. The, um, yeah, you were talking a little bit earlier, Jesse, that you were kind of uh, not disappointed, but just uh, maybe irked at the lack of like. Irked is worse Berlin than disappointed. Uh, what I will say is that I think that this is an impressive lineup considering the circumstances. What I wonder is to what extent they decided they were going to focus on these Cannes and Venice titles that are a little newer, and to what extent some of the Berlin and Sundance titles from earlier this year that may have been equally exciting just weren't available. Like, for example, I noticed that A24 notably has right. nothing in this lineup. That kind of makes sense, given that they, with the exception of having finally released First Cow, seem pretty averse to digital releases, and this is going to be a mostly digital festival. Mm. So that's why we might not be seeing like Minari or Zola from Sundance. And then there's just like a bunch of uh, stuff from Berlin that like, would have been nice to see the new Christian Petzold movie. Would have been nice to see the new Hong Sang Soo movie. Would have been nice sure. to see the new Tsai Ming Long movie. But who knows if any of those were available, though. Uh, days, the Tsai Ming Long movie was set to have a premiere at MoMA in April. So, yeah. For what um, that's worth. We talked a little bit, I think, in this episode uh, that this is an addition them too about american utopia and that you know was already announced for tiff yes that was um, in the bag nomadland we covered i'm just trying to look at like what is on my sort of radar i mean city talk- hall we talked about as well right yeah city hall that that feels like one of the more exciting things though it's going to be watching a four and a half hour long movie uh I guess hopefully uh, we'll be able to watch these on our TVs and not have to sit with a laptop for uh, four and a half hours. We'll see what the uh, 
what is it like slide 72 is their platform i think so something like that Talk i think about- i got the right number in the wrong word have you guys yeah. talked about halle berry's film yet uh, I, we I maybe have we, mentioned it, but I don't think we have like gone into it. It's got quite a press still, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> was that um, one that was going to be a can as well? No, but it was one that they announced when they did that kind of initial yeah. announcement in, excuse me, in June. They announced like that and Good Joe Bell. I think another another round in Ammonite were on that list. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, concrete I, Cowboy. Yeah, like I knew she was directing them a movie. I did not know she was also starring in it and that this is what it was about. Yeah, I guess I always knew that if I had to get into MMA, Halle Berry would be for <laughs> which to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's using all that, the, I don't know, that, that Catwoman aggression she has built up maybe and is yeah. going to start taking it out. Um. And yeah, I think. I mean, that's in it. I and I don't mean this in any sort of like turning my nose up sort of way, but that is an extremely tiff movie. Let's just say. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah, we talked about it. This is like all off mic stuff, but I was talking about how in my head the Sally Potter movie that played Berlin felt like a tiff movie, and then I found out that it has already been released, which I had no idea. So maybe that's like. <laughs> a sign of how sort of under the radar it flew after Berlin. Um, yeah. Um, I think also we... Go ahead. Just, we went over it a little bit uh, on our can, ep- uh, the can lineup episode, but the new uh, Francois Ozone, I uh, am like increasingly more excited for. Yeah, the, and the then also, buzz on that is very, very positive. Uh, uh, it came out in France a couple weeks ago, I think. Yes. This is Summer of 85 is the title. About that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, and I know like that one, I think when it was announced with Cannes, they had like a trailer and stuff, so like there's some footage that you can see of it yeah. out there. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks cool. Um, and then also, the, uh, the best is yet to come, we talked about and uh, since we talked about it on our recording, I've learned more about it and it seems like it's gonna rule. Very excited for that one as well. Um, yeah, seems like the highest profile Sundance thing they have is Florian Zeller's The Father, yep. which uh, was uh, r- people were really excited about Anthony Hopkins's performance in that mm-hmm. one, uh, and Olivia Coleman's in that too. And she's you know she's having a good year. She also had a good week she, with the with the Crown Emmy nominations and all that. Um, so that that seems like the highest profile thing that has already premiered in general, maybe. That's probably there's the Mira Nair uh, TV show, right? That which is their closing. Yeah, yeah, that's already played in uh, the UK, and then they have like a few other TV shows. I think like there's the Jude Law Naomi Harris one that they have a few episodes of. But yeah, we've mostly talked about it. Is there anything specifically uh, other than what you've mentioned that you're excited for, Sam? Uh, yeah, I was trying to take a look through some of the Canadian stuff. I'm excited mm. for uh, Emma Seligman's Shiva Baby. Um, my Roomba is going off. Hold, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two guests for the price of one. Uh, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope he gets a credit on this. Uh, yeah, Emma Seligman's Shiva Baby uh, looks fun. It just seems to be kind of like a, a comedy of discomfort. Um, yeah, I believe that was on the uh, South by Southwest lineup. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Cool. That's uh, Rachel Sanat, right? Yes, yeah. And uh, I do think it's cool to mention that they, I think they announced, what is it, like 46% of their films are directed yes. by women this right. year. Um, this obviously being one of them. And I think to correct something that we left out of our earlier discussion of the Venice lineup, uh, we never said that the Venice lineup is also, was it, what was the percentage it's of women? The, the competition like, specifically is 44%, 44% women. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think some of these docs set like sound like they have really cool premises. Uh, there's like a uh, Martin Luther King FBI documentary. Um, you know, so yeah, we mentioned the Wiseman. Um, yeah, I, I you know there I think there's it is t- a typical TIFF lineup in that there's like a, a a fairly wide range of the sort of stuff that they're doing. Yeah, uh, like be- as far as their special more kind of specialty sections go, there are. There's three Midnight Madness movies. Um, there's two Wavelengths movies. Yeah. yeah. It does seem like they're trying to... They're just trying to condense their entire, like, what mm-hmm. is it? What is it normally? Like, 300? Yeah. Like, 300 movie lineup down to 50. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe not a lot of credit done to some of their sections. But, you know, there's some. there's for sure some good stuff. Gianfranco Rossi's Naturno is also here. A movie that I believe on a on a early episode I predicted to win the Palme d'Or, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Putting a bold call curse. early on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to mention this there's this movie that I just the premise of I found quite striking. Uh, Penguin Bloom, an Australian movie directed by Glendon Ivan, which no, in which Naomi Watts stars in this true story about a paralyzed woman who finds new hope when she joins with her family to care for an injured baby magpie. So it's Naomi Watts caring for a bird. Okay, that's that, that one tough. is as tiff as it gets. Yes, <laughs> they win the award. Give <laughs> I am like a little sad that I can't like drink two beers and then walk down the street to go to the midnight madness of the Chloe Grace Moritz World <laughs> right. War II pilot movie. <laughs> sure, yeah. That's uh, just seems actor. like I could not imagine her in any like... movie. Go ahead, sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say it's literally eighty-three minutes long. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna get out at like one thirty. You're gonna ride, you know, just the TTC mm. back to your Airbnb and like laugh about that, that movie. Like that just seems like the penultimate tip experience right there. Oh, it yeah. is. Uh, it's the nightmare at twenty thousand feet riff, apparently. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Just Chloe Grace Moretz, World War Two. I can't picture her in a movie set before like twenty eleven. She's got <laughs> such a modern vibe. <laughs> Isn't yeah. she in Hugo? Yeah. Oh, I guess so. But I mean, that's like yeah, and, and Suspiria. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. So I guess I'll eat pro right now. <laughs> you should. Grace I do like that they categorize they categorize this movie as the category of life experiences. So <laughs> not to be confused with those other movies that don't deal with life or experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What would it take for them to, to like 
there's no life experiences here, folks. If you're looking for that, <laughs> right. turn away. This is all, yes. This is... A life is not lived here. Things aren't Only learned. People less don't... than half of the movies are tagged as life experiences. It's 21 <laughs> of them. <laughs> A lot, yes. Um... Um, the, the Cornell Mandrusco movie is here that I believe Jesse thought it was sub can competition and also made the stinky banana face whenever he thought yes. about it. <laughs> <laughs> he can't yeah. talk through that one. Shia, Kirby, it's going to be great. Yeah, you can't look at Jesse without him telling you how Vanessa Kirby is beat here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I was forced to eat crow on that. Was it? And then two movies at Venice, though the the Mona Fastfold movie is uh, gonna rule. I agree. I all I was saying, Cullen, is that it is not on this TIFF lineup. Sure. Uh, And as far as other stuff from Venice that is not here, uh, like the Lav Diaz is not here. Uh, The Gia Coppola movie did not make it, which is particularly disappointing. Give me that as soon as you can. I also just want to say clearly, I believe we um, we might have topped the tiffness with the movie I Care A Lot, in which Rosamund Pike plays a legal conservator, so that might be the most tiff movie at this festival. That's right. Yeah. I think she owns property in Toronto at this point. <laughs> Jeez. Like, she has to just know that right. she'll be there every year, right? Uh, yeah. And that movie, I believe, is from the director of uh, Chloe Grace Moretz's vehicle, The Fifth Wave. Which I'm sorry, all that movie doesn't exist. We, we no, all know that's not, that's what not a real that film. <laughs> I'm sorry. We talked about that, of course, on our best of the decade episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has five ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five times as good as Trey Edward Schultz. <laughs> mm-hmm. So not great, turns out. <laughs> so so yeah, we should wrap up. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. This is uh, it's it's a big it's there you know a lot of movies uh, not not too much that is like world shaking or like but it is I think fairly indicative of like this is gonna be a weird tiff especially where when tiff is doesn't have the position in award season that it typically does and I think you can really see that in I this mean lineup. who knows what has a position where exactly. right right. And it, it leaves me curious about what the New York Film Festival will look like, because I feel like there is not a lot of stuff that is, like, obvious, more prestige New York Film Festival stuff that's in here. Uh, I guess I would just expect that that will be announced next week. It's generally announced early August, so I guess maybe look for that as a bonus segment to our already almost two hour long episode. Uh, Ooh, we get for that week. clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll like partner with Quibi and all of their features will be released via that. So if you can get, some, if you can get, you know, someone from Quibi on, on the line, that'd be great. Sounds Jeffrey great. Katzenberg, our next <laughs> guest. <laughs> yes, Jeff. <laughs> old, old, old Jeff Katz. Um, all right. Cool. So that's, that's our TIFF report. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Anything you would mm-hmm. like to plug? Yeah. In your... Uh, no, I'm just going to like jump back in the bag that I was doing originally. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of room Life. in it now that TIFF is out of there. 
Um, yeah, look and we look forward, forward to you uh, joining us again in two weeks to discuss. Yeah, uh, yeah you know we're all being said that we will announce next week. <laughs> yeah, yes. I believe uh, on the episode that is next week where we announce it, I tease that the guest will in fact be Nicole Kidman. So. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that we have two weeks to arrange that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I really, I really fucked up the continuity of this podcast. Canon. That's no, it's oh. it, it's what we want. It's, this is this is the kind of podcast mm-hmm. we deserve to have. Um, <laughs> all right, thank you so much, uh, and thanks everyone for listening to this week's grab bag of tidbits. Bye. Grab bag of tidbits, more like. Bye bye. No. <laughs> okay. And with yeah, that's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.